Hey, everybody. You know, I promised that every week we'd do at least one good news episode. And today I'm going to have to cheat a little bit. And this is going to have to count for that good news episode. And I say that because I have one very tragic story to report on out of Houston. And we have an action step that we need you all to take with us on that story. But I do have a powerful, heartwarming, good story to share with you. It really touched my heart. and I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's dig in. This is Sean King. And you are listening to the 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 breakdown. The breakdown. The breakdown. Earlier this week, you may have seen an absolutely horrible video of a police shooting that happened in Baytown, Texas, which is right outside of Houston. And just a few hours after it happened, in the middle of the night, people from Houston started sending me the video, and it's awful. But today, for a few minutes, I need to tell you the story of Pamela Turner, who was the victim in that shooting. And I need to tell you who she was long before the shooting. Because the local police and even the local media there in Houston, as they always do, have tried to smear this woman and her family making it out like she was some type of hardened criminal, and she wasn't. In fact, Pamela Turner was the exact opposite of that. She was a kind, sweet soul. Her family told me that she was a loving and gentle mother and grandmother. She loved her family dearly, and they loved her. And for over 20 years, Pamela worked at a local hospital and rose all the way up through the ranks to become a unit manager there at the hospital. And like tens of millions of Americans, like people in your family, and maybe even like some of us who are listening today, Pamela and her family noticed in the early 2000s that she was struggling with her mental health. The month of May, as you may know, is actually Mental Health Awareness Month. And finally, in 2005, after struggling with her mental health, Pamela was properly diagnosed with schizophrenia. But she was high-functioning in society. She received treatment. And through the years, her family loved her through it. It was hard. And many of you who are listening right now, who may have your own mental health challenges or maybe have them in your family, you know that it's a day-by-day, even an hour-by-hour effort to manage it, to treat it, to survive and live and even thrive with it. And here's the thing. Everybody in her neighborhood knew Pamela. Most also knew of her challenges. And what we've also learned is that the officer who shot and killed her, literally shooting her right in her face, he knew Pamela, and he knew that she suffered from mental health episodes. And I've been told over and over again by residents of this neighborhood that this officer harassed residents for sport. And that's exactly what he was doing on the evening he confronted Pamela. She didn't commit a crime. It appeared that she was having a mental health episode. She was wandering the neighborhood as if she was lost. And what she needed was to go to a hospital. And I asked the local police department, and I asked the DA's office just a few moments ago, what exactly was Pamela Turner being arrested for? And they had nothing. I asked what crime they believed she committed. They had nothing. The officer later lied and said he was arresting Pamela because she had an outstanding warrant. It's not true. You don't affect the arrest on warrants by yourself in the middle of the night. 
He wasn't arresting her because she had a warrant. He was out there harassing Pamela. Notice if, you, if you've seen it, we're not going to play the audio here, but if you have seen it, he doesn't talk to her about warrants. He doesn't mention a warrant. Pamela really was never even in trouble with the law. She was not violent. And for her entire life, she never spent more than a single night in jail. And here's the thing. It's always 10 times out of 10. It's always going to be a bad idea for a single male police officer who has absolutely no substantive training on mental health. But that officer in the middle of the night by himself to confront and arrest a woman in the middle of a mental health crisis. It's a horrible idea. And the truth is, cities and counties are really responsible for creating this mess. Every city, your city, your hometown, every city and county and state in this country needs to create a robust, entirely different mental health department with emergency staff, with first responders and trained people that respond to mental health challenges. Because what we found is that in some states, nearly 50% of the people who are killed by police were unarmed and killed in the middle of a mental health emergency. And because America's police have been trained that their guns are an answer to every problem, a woman who needed a doctor instead got shot in the face. And listen, I'm not joking. It would literally be like me asking you to make a sandwich and you pull out your gun because you're going to make your sandwich with the gun. But that makes no sense, right? Or I ask you to build a house and you pull out a gun because you're going to use the gun as your main tool to build the house. Listen, a gun is never the right tool, the proper tool that a mental health crisis requires. A stun gun or a taser, those aren't the right tools for a mental health crisis. In fact, studies show that tasers almost always make a mental health crisis worse. What was needed, what Pamela needed, was a calm, trained, experienced professional, but instead Pamela Turner got a gun and a taser. I'm tired of saying this, but in most white communities, Pamela would have received treatment. And to be clear and to be honest, cops will shoot and kill a white person in a mental health crisis. I've seen it many times, but it's rare. Pamela on that evening needed an ambulance and some medicine. And that leads me to our first action step for the day. Two of my best friends, attorneys Ben Crump and Lee Merritt, are representing the family in this case. And they've asked us to help them with something very simple. The Texas Rangers are investigating this case right now, but they almost always protect the police. We want the Harris County DA, that's Houston's DA, Kim Aug, to conduct her own investigation and present the evidence before a grand jury. But she's not going to do that. Kim Aug is not going to do that if we don't demand that she does it. Listen, I'm going to give you some information. I'll repeat it a few times. I just want you to make a simple phone call and send a few emails, all right? I want you to call the office 
of Harris County DA, Kim Aug. That's K-I-M. Kim is her first name. Aug, O-G-G is her last name. And you can call her office at 713-274-5800. Again, you can call the office of Kim Aug at 713-274-5800. And when you call that number, I want you to ask to speak to someone in her office. It'd be great if you could speak to a live person. Leave a message if, if you have to. But if you leave a message, I'd like for you to call back at a better time and actually speak to a person and let them know that you want to request that Kim Og opens her own investigation into the murder of Pamela Turner and that she present her case before a grand jury. Now, I also want you to send an email basically saying the same thing. Now, her email address is complicated, but I want to give it to you and I'll repeat it a few times. All right. Again, you can email district attorney. Kim Aug, that's O-G-G. You can email her directly. You can do it right now. Her email address is D-A, the letters D-A, at D-A-O dot H-C-T-X, which stands for Harris County, Texas, dot net. Let me repeat it again. D-A at D-A-O dot H-C-T-X dot net. One last time. DA at dao.hctx.net. And after you do all of that, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me if you have my email in your inbox, just hit a reply and email me. Or you can email me at our new email address. It's the breakdown at the northstar.com. And just let me know how these action steps go for you, all right? As always, be respectful, but persistent. The breakdown. Today, I want to close with a beautiful, heartwarming college graduation story. And I've been wanting to share this with you all week, but we've had so many pressing news stories. 70 years ago, all the way back in 1949, Elizabeth Barker Johnson graduated from college from Winston-Salem State University, but was unable to attend her graduation because she had already become a local school teacher and she couldn't find a substitute. Well, I want to play two beautiful clips for you. And in the first clip, it tells her story the days before the university gives her her degree and she goes to the graduation and it's amazing. And the second is actually from the actual graduation. All right, here's the first clip uh, that comes before her graduation. The World War II veteran told WFMY News 2's Tahesha Moy she is excited to finally get this opportunity. Yeah, guys, this is a big deal for Elizabeth Johnson. Although she graduated back in 1949, she never got to walk across the stage because she had already gotten a job as a teacher and couldn't find a substitute. So at her 99th birthday party last week, she was surprised with a cap and gown and was told she was finally going to walk at graduation. Now, Johnson has had a life of service. It started in the military back in 1943. She enlisted in the U.S. Army and became a member of the 6th 888th Battalion it was the only all-female African-American Women's Army Corps Battalion to serve overseas during World War II. And when the war ended, she decided to go to school to become a teacher. She was actually the first female to enroll on a GI Bill at what was then Winston-Salem Teachers College, which is now Winston-Salem State. She wanted to get into education to make a difference. To begin with, I felt like dropping out. But then I saw there were so many children there that was not getting the help they needed. 
I said, well, I'm capable of doing it. I feel like I'm capable of doing it. So that's exactly why I stayed with it. Today, she was honored with the Veteran Cord for her gown and an honorary jacket by the school's ROTC program. Now, tomorrow is expected to be an emotional day. Her daughter, Cynthia, says she's looking forward to one thing the most. When she turns her tassel, and I don't know, I think once you do that, that's just like saying, I've done it, that's it. You know, you know it's, it's, it kind of puts the period to the end of the sentence. Johnson taught for more than 30 years in public schools in both North Carolina and Virginia. She even helped integrate schools in Elkin, her hometown. She'll be recognized on stage and receive an honorary degree in special education tomorrow. And here is the clip from her graduation. It's a beautiful, powerful moment. Today's alumna holds two distinctions. She's one of the oldest living alums of Winston-Salem State University and is one of the surviving members of the 6888, as it is called, the only black, all-female battalion to serve overseas during World War II. When she returned to the United States, she enrolled at the university, and in 1949, she graduated with a degree, Bachelor of Science in Special Education. Although Ms. Barker Johnson graduated in 1949, she was unable to march with her class because she had relocated to her first teaching job at Patrick Central School in Spencer, Virginia. Today, Winston-Salem State University is delighted to recognize an outstanding member of the Winston-Salem State University alumna, Mrs. Elizabeth Bernice Barker Johnson, and to present formally the diploma signifying the degree Bachelor of Science in Special Education. Ms. Barker, would you please join me at the podium? Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday breaking down important news stories and issues and we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast apps like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And there's so many other great podcast apps. Just pick your favorite, subscribe, listen, and leave a, leave a good review for us, all right? Please share this podcast if you can with your friends and family because our next big goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers and we just won't get there without you. Have you left a review yet? On Apple Podcasts, we now have over 6,000 five-star reviews. Thank you for that. But we're aiming for 10,000, so we still want to hear from you. So please leave your best review when you get some time. Thank you, of course, to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star, whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love and appreciate each of you so very much. And if you love this podcast and you want to support our work, or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, we'd love it if you'd become a founding member of our community at thenorthstar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers and journalists in the world. Lastly, I want to give a shout out to our associate producer, Lissandra, and our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody.